today on The Breakdown. It's a 5,100 cash game from Live at the Bike, and fan favorite Garrett Adelstein has got a very big hand, but is getting a whole mess of action. From Andy, known crazy person. What, what should he do? What could he do? What will he do? We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, this, this might be two of the craziest players from Live with the Bike. They both have pretty aggressive reputations here. Yeah, there's that one other guy who had, uh, like, the King Queen and number, like, Three Bet the Flop that time. I want to say his name is Rowdy, but it's not oh, Rowdy. Riley, Rowley. It's like an Egyptian name or something. Rambus? Rambus? It's definitely none of those Rambus. things. Anyway, it starts with an R and who cares. But, like... These these Garrett is is Ronan. like the is the best craziest player right yeah. or the craziest best player on live at the bike for all yeah, the crazies so. he's the one who's got to be the scariest and the toughest to play against he's the most thoughtful I think so Andy seems like he's somewhat thoughtful too though yeah he's yeah the other guy just seemed bad honestly but these two guys are are good but we think Garrett is potentially like elite right but I don't know about elite but he's good he's well, very good I guess it all depends on your definition of elite bro yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that I definitely would not like to play a deep stack cash game against where like <laughs> the money meant anything to me. That would be scary. Yeah, I mean, I would just play a lot of pocket control, I think, and pray. Yeah, That'd but then he'd, get a bet, he'd bet like 1.5 times the pot a lot of the time, and he'd be like, damn it, that's not what I, I don't want. know what to do I again. <laughs> why do I have middle pair top kicker and I have to call, but it's sad. Yeah, am I just going to call down here on a lot of rivers, I guess? I have to. It's but Garrett. It's, but I'm going to lose so often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bad spot. Yeah. Um but Garrett is not the one driving the action in this hand. Finally, we found a hand where we found a guy who's more aggressive than Garrett. Yeah. However, there's good reason for Andy to be aggressive in this hand, as you will see. Yes. Um, this ends up being a pretty cool hand. And I don't just mean that because there is a little bit of a cooler nature to it. And when I say cooler, I mean, of course, like a, almost a setup nature. Like yeah. both guys have really good hands. But there's more to it than that also. And there's that's important. Interesting decisions by both players. Yes. We, um, we often avoid hands that people suggest with that suggest to us that we think are just coolers. It's right. like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, so what? They both have big hands. Of course they got it in. And there's no real avoiding it, so who cares? Yeah, don't suggest quads versus straight flush, please. Right, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Unless some really interesting decisions happen unless along the, the way. Unless the quads fold or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Which, you're right, of course. Then suggest um, that one, please. Yeah, then yeah. we want to talk about it. Um, so this has interesting decisions and is way more than just a cooler, but it may at first glance, especially on the flop, look like a cooler. So I just want to warn everyone, don't just tune out because you're like, ah, they, of course they have to get it in. There's a lot more that happens in this hand that, that is surprising and interesting. Yeah, and uh, that's probably why it was suggested by five people. Five. That's five. Cinco. Yep. Cinco for, is Spanish. Thank you. For a number. Which number? You know, it's not a big one. It's one of those numbers between it's one and seven? Pi. One and pi. Oh, okay. Cool. I think that's incorrect, but whatever. P-I-E. Oh, yeah. Incorrect. You ever heard of a pie chart, buddy? I've heard of a pie chart. So what kind of numbers are in a pie chart? All depends sorts. On, it depends on what kind of synergy your yeah. office needs. Yeah, it does depend, doesn't it? So it could be and it couldn't be. Unbelievable. Hypothetically, it could and couldn't be, though. Oh, here we go. All right, never mind. So the suggestors <laughs> are Ronnie, Michael Pallas, Max Sawyer, Toby Bentall, and Holden Cantrell. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good job, guys. Appreciate that. 
I mean, it would have been cool if some of you were female suggesters. I mean, is, poker is just way too male-dominated. We don't get too many suggestions from the ladies at this point, I would say. We get some, but it's not Not, a lot. not too much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe change that, yeah, audience. Yeah. I'm sure of the 13,000 people who listen to this. That's right. I said 13,000. We're like somehow. 14, actually. What? 14,000. Yeah. Excuse me. I know. It's crazy to us, too. Um, at least more than like 12 of you have to be female, right? I mean, I know it's, we skew pretty male here, but... My like, wife listens to us when she's falling asleep sometimes. That, you know what? That's Does that great. count? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, of y'all out there, please feel free to get on Twitter. At, you know, we're, of course, the two poker guys on Twitter. And, uh, you know, send us a suggestion with a uh, YouTube link and a timestamp. We'd we love that. We will, of course, still su- accept suggestions from men. We will yes, and also we will only we will only do good hands. Yeah, if you suggest bad hands, we don't care. Yeah, that's we don't care correct. what your gender is or your sex or whatever the thing is these days. You don't. We don't care anything about you. Actually, we just care that you suggested a good hand. To us, you're just a Twitter avatar and nothing else. Yeah. So congratulations to you mm. for that. You know, speaking of Twitter, just before we uh, started here, I was looking at my Twitter timeline, and I feel it's important to talk about two things that were back to back on my Twitter timeline. All right, I'm excited to hear what this is. You're not going to be thrilled when you hear them. I'll I'm tell not, you right I'm now. I'm not going to be thrilled. Yeah, you know, they're, not, they're not that good. <laughs> but they're good enough to talk about. The first one is a guy wrote this, and then a dude who I really respect retweeted it, and it was, a common man marvels at uncommon things. A wise man marvels at the commonplace. Okay. And I got to tell you, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> what? A wise man marvels at the commonplace? Like... Oh, that's McDonald's is, I'm just taken aback by. But this dude who's, you know, juggling 12 things with his anus, it's like, what ifs? <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? I don't know. All right, that was one thing. Okay. <laughs> Here's the other thing. That's an interesting thing to bring up. Yeah. Um, if, we, if we hadn't already done our uh, sports betting podcast, because of course we do have a sports betting podcast, Lighting Money on Fire, we highly encourage you to check that out you as well. You better. Jerks. Um, it's a lot of NFL and NBA talk as well as, you know. Fun, joyous things. We're, we're, we make best bets every week. We tell you who to bet in Survivor, all, all sorts of stuff. But also, we're just talking sports. Anyway, um, this, I would use this for that, but this came out the day after we recorded those. So Matt Patricia, Detroit Lions coach, was at a press conference. I believe it was today, as we're recording this. Looked at a reporter who was sitting down and started critiquing his posture and said, sit up, just like have a little respect for the process. So he didn't like how the guy was sitting in his chair. Okay. This is an interesting podcast to bring that up on. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it if, if we saw the sports <laughs> one, but we don't. Like, what is going on there, though? You know what they say? Uh, a common man marvels at the, at the Is this a uncommon. new segment where we're just going to have like things that Jonathan got a little bit mad about on Twitter every yeah. week? I think, you know, it's, good, it's a good, good idea. Okay. Good little extra segment for the, for the true fans. Okay. We'll, we'll do it right at the top of the show. We'll keep that in mind. Okay. Um, in the meantime, maybe we should talk a little bit about some poker. Okay. It is a $5,100 game. And they're only playing five-handed, it looks like, when this hand starts. But it doesn't matter because oh. it's blind versus blind. Oh, cool. And uh, so it folds to Andy in the small blind, who's got $32,400 in front of him. And he has two jacks, right jack on. of spades and the jack of hearts, and he limps. And this is probably a Garrett play. He's like, oh, Garrett's in the big blind. He's going to raise a lot. Yeah. Um, at the same point, I would think Garrett isn't going to fold a lot if we were to raise. Yeah, right? that's so true. It kinda, so 
I think mostly we should be raising our jacks unless we have a we never raise against Garrett from the small blind or we're just trying to be really balanced, which is fair. You probably need to be against him. Yeah. So it's like, although I raise sometimes with my good hands, I also am going to limp some of my good hands too because I just have to. Right. Which is fair. It is fair. And Garrett's going to oblige him. Garrett is in the big blind with $43,300 and he raises to four hundred with Jack four of diamonds, which seems like a pretty easy check backhand. Uh, yeah, maybe we've had, as Garrett, we just have a lot of experience though, of we're just gonna, we know because, you know, like being in position is sort of like being the home team in a sporting event. You know, you just yeah. have like some inherent advantages and you're going to win more often. And so it's might not as, a bad time might to as well build the pot. Yeah. Build the pot is the guy rarely has a very strong hand. If we, if he sometimes comes out raising here anyway, by the way, even if he just always completes, he still rarely has a very strong hand, right? Yeah. Almost no matter what, he rarely has a strong hand with this line. So it's not unreasonable to raise here, although that said, yes, it would be really easy just to check back and play a small pot here. Right. I mean, Jack Four suited plays well enough, right? You don't have to raise. No, of course not. But this is a way I think Garrett makes some of his extra money, right? It's like he raises yeah. here. The guy either folds and he gets to take down free money when in a spot where he doesn't have a very good hand. Or the guy calls and we get to win a lot post-flop. And Garrett's so good in position post-flop, he gets to steal a lot too. Well, Andy does something interesting now. Yeah. He does not three bet. Yes. He just calls. That is interesting. With Jack's out of position. Against a guy with a massive range. Yes. It feels like a good time to three bet, doesn't it? I think a lot of the time we want to three bet. But again, we can't always three bet our good hands here, right? Right. We have to keep, if we're going to limp call some of the time, we have to keep a few strong hands in uh, against a guy as, as tough as Garrett. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to eat us alive. Jax is a nice hand to do it with because getting four bet would kind of suck. I mean, we're blind versus blind against Garrett. We're always going with it. We are, but we're getting 320 blinds in with it. You yeah, know? it's not ideal. Yeah. But I got to believe Garrett's getting in worse pocket pairs and um, some, bet, some like overcards as well as some like suited places where we haven't really crushed, like ways like ace five suited and stuff too sometimes. Yeah. So. That is a, those are all really good reasons, by the way, to just re-raise right now. Is like We can get in 320 binds against this player and still be way ahead, which is not true against a lot of players. That is true. It's now, a really good reason to raise. I agree. Well, when we take the check call line, a thing that is a bit scary is against Garrett, we're kind of forced to check call three streets even on some pretty gnarly boards. Yes. Um, there are some boards where we can get away, certainly, but yeah. a lot of boards we're going to have to just hang on and hang on and hang on some more and lose. Like even ace-high boards, if, if there's nothing else really going on out there, we might consider check-calling three times. We at least have to consider it. Yeah. I don't know if we're really going to do it, but we have to consider it. King-high board, we definitely have to call three times, right? I mean, I don't think we have to. There's other things going on, right? Like yeah. Three, a king-high super dry board is really different than a king-high non-super dry board. Garrett's sizing really matters, too. Sure. You know? We could decide to sometimes fold the turn or even fold the river. It's going to be really hard to fold almost any flop, I think. Yeah. You I know? mean, we're going to put ourselves in a spot to hero a lot based yeah. on this line preflop. I think this is a spot where we may just have to, because there's going to be a lot of tough decisions by playing it this way. Usually, we're just going to have to use distribution to really help us like make decisions. Like, and we're going to be pretty high up in our distribution a lot of the time. With Almost, almost always yeah. we're going to be in the top 70% of our distribution, which is going to be reason to continue against Garrett specifically where... You don't want to be exploited by folding too much. Yeah. And this sort of guarantees we're not going to be folding too much. It may be 70% or even, even maybe higher than 70% of Garrett's not betting super big. You know? Right. Maybe 80% or 85%. And then it's just Jax is almost always going to be in that group. Yep. Almost always. Yeah. All right. So the pot's 900. We've got Jack 4 suited for Garrett against Jax for Andy. Yeah. The flop is Jack of clubs, 4 of clubs, 8 of spades. Neither of them, of course, has a club. 
So this is a crazy flop. So let's be clear. They both have big hands, bro. Andy has top set, which is the nuts, and Garrett has top and bottom pair, which feels like the nuts. It's like when, uh, when Charlie's uncle was representing him in that, uh, that l- lawsuit against the McFoyles about the bird and, like, yeah. and, uh, and the guy wore those fake big hands. Yeah. Except these are real big hands. Nice. That's the difference, and that's how it really stands out for me. And that's all I'm remembering. It's my mnemonic for this hand now. That's a mnemonic Charlie's now? uncle. <laughs> you just say Charlie's uncle. I got the whole thing. That's good. Yeah. At least you have ways to remember things. That's smart. You got to create strategies. Exactly. Otherwise, I'm lost at sea over here. All right. So Andy's strategy has been to slow play his jacks against Garrett. I assume that's going to continue here because it's hard for Garrett to have a ton now. That we I mean, set. Garrett could have... It's, it's a pretty wet board. I mean, Garrett could have draws. Yeah. And he could have an eight or something, but... I mean, you. I mean, we pray is an overpair, but whatever. Like the fact that he actually has two pair here is insane. And yeah, incredible. But I mean, it seems like we should at least like Garrett bet once. He's almost always going to bet this flop. Oh right? yeah, Garrett, for sure. So. We have to check here. So like donking here seems insane when we have the board this crushed. Yeah, and that's what Andy does. He checks. Yeah, and Garrett bets. He bets really small. He bets three hundred into nine hundred. What do you think that's about? I think Garrett's like, well, now I'm crushing the board, and I want to. I think Garrett's trying to induce against uh, draws. As much as anything, right? I suppose. Or maybe just get some action from really weak hands. Yeah, maybe you can get called by like ace 10 now or mm-hmm. something like that. You some know? super weak hands that are just like, uh, I guess I can improve. And it's only $300. And they just people just talk themselves into not folding just because of math, which is fair. Yeah. All right. So he bets 300 What do you want to do as Andy? Boy, I'm really, I'm really of two worlds here. I guess we have to raise. We have to raise. Because of the wetness of the board? It's a few things. A, the wetness of the board. Often when Garrett's bets this small, he's just going to check back the turn anyway, right? And it's going to suck. And there's going to be a lot of scare cards, even if Garrett has something, because, the, because of the wetness of the board. You put those two things together, Garrett's also not really paying very much. If he doesn't really have anything, he might just give up sometimes, because this isn't a big pot yet. It's Garrett. He might not. But sometimes check raising, he may decide to lose his mind anyway. Like, it doesn't mean we lose all the bluffs by check raising, unlike against a lot of players. Um, and because we're out of position, I just feel like we can't let it go check, check on the turn, only put in $300 in the first two streets, which I'm afraid is going to happen way too often. What if it was like a Jack Do Six rainbow board? That's better from the point of view of no scare cards. Uh, it's hard to come up with that many hands that Garrett could decide to call us with. If yeah. we were to check raise, the problem is I'm not sure how we get more money in on the turn very often. I guess we check and pray he fires again. Yeah. I think that's probably, that's at least, those are close to me, the check raise and then uh, check call to, and check call check. I guess it's hard to come up with, like, with a card we could lead with unless it's like an ace, I guess we could lead on, but Garrett's just going to bet an ace anyway, right? Yeah. So we wouldn't want to lead on almost any card. There's no card to lead on, probably. Um. I prefer, I think I prefer a check raise in either spot, but the second one, the much drier board, I think is much more reasonable than slow play still. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. What about Jack Deuce Deuce? What if it's that far towards dryness? Mm. Rainbow. Uh, well, again, it's really going to be hard to get any extra money in. Yeah. Like Jack Deuce Deuce Garrett's going to check back a lot. Right. A lot, because what the heck are we supposed to have now, right? And we're going to probably want to rep a deuce a lot of the time in that spot 
when we right. check limp call the small blind. So I guess it, you could check raise. Yeah, and while we can have a deuce, we also can really not have a deuce yeah. a lot, right? Because we did call a raise out of position, right. so we don't have that many deuces. Um, and are we really check raising just a jack? Like if the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a good time to check raise against a guy like Garrett, I think. And Garrett might lose his mind and be like, "Well, I'm as wide as you are, buddy, if not wider, even though I raised." So, fuck you, I re-raise. You know what yeah. I mean? Like things could get nuts pretty quickly. Um, I think I like a check raise in all these in all these spots ultimately. Because maybe ultimately the reason for that is because we've so underrepped our hand pre-flop, we want to get a little bit more money in. I mean, that's part of it. It does suck that we're crushing the board so hard. Like on a jack-deuce-deuce board, if Garrett doesn't have a jack or a deuce, there's only one jack left. He doesn't have, have that an overpair, I guess. Yeah, of course he can have overpairs. He can have two tens and decide to call two because he's like, well, how do you just have a jack yeah. here? Um, but still, the whole thing is like, you know, it's, we're often going to lose him yeah. is the point. We're just going to lose him. But... I think we can at least take solace and think like we're probably losing him almost like it's just gonna be hard to make more money in these pots if he doesn't have anything anyway. Yeah. You know, he may decide to keep firing, but check raising may also get more money in even when he doesn't have anything. So I say, fuck it. We're out of position. Let's check raise. All right. Well, I think especially on the board that it actually is, it makes a lot of sense with all of the, the potential yeah. combo draws and flush draws and straight draws out there. Yeah. Jack, those, we're going to have a lot of hands we can yeah. raise as not, as not strong made, as not made hands anyway. Jack four, eight rain, or not rainbow, two clubs. So yeah. Andy does raise. He raises to 1300. Yeah. Now what do you want to do is Garrett? This is interesting. It is. We made it 300 into 900. It feels like we were trying to induce this, and a lot of the time it's going to be a draw. It feels like a good time to raise to me, honestly. I mean, that's the first thing I was thinking right away is like, we want this, right? Yeah. We don't have to raise so much either that we blow Andy off his hand even, but we could get more money, and we could even keep the gut shots in. We could we make want it 3,300 or something? Yeah, we make it 2,300 or 2,400. We, don't, you know, we could click it back almost, but that makes the next bet much bigger right away. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's true. And it makes it much easier to get it in by the river. It's really hard to get it in by the river right now, I think, right? Because how deep are we? Uh, Garrett started the hand with 43,000. Andy started with 32,000. Right, so Andy made it 1,300. Let's say we just call. And then Andy checks the turn. We're just playing this out. Obviously, Andy may not check the turn because he's got top set. But let's say Andy checks the turn. We bet 2,500 on the turn, which is kind of a big bet, but we might do it as Garrett. And he calls. And then on the river, we bet 7,000, which is huge, but we might do that. We're nowhere close to getting it in. But if we raise right now, it's going to be much easier. That's true. If Andy's got a huge draw, we can get it in right now on the flop. Now, we only have 50% equity against yep. the huge draws, but he's not often going to have the nine tenant clubs, right? No. He's going to have gut shots. He's going to have nut flush draws, which are not so good. Like, he only has flush draw. Obviously, he can make a weird two pair and stuff, but we're like, we have really good equity in that stuff. And by the way, we can run it three times or something if we want anyway, I'm sure. Um, I like raising here on this wet board. By the way, as Garrett, if we had all these draws, we might re-raise. Yeah. So we don't. We actually have a good hand. Let's go. And it's a vulnerable hand as well. Yeah. You know, the eight pairing would be bad, and there's other cards that are, like, you don't want to see, like, a ten of clubs or anything like that. So, totally. Yeah. I mean, the other option, which sometimes people will want to do, is they'll want to see, let one card come off before they put the big raise in, because that way they're not, they don't have sort of 50-50 equity against the combo draws, you know? Um, so that way, like, if a brick comes on the turn, then we can get put in a big raise, and now Andy doesn't really have the right odds to get it. If, if we get it in, we're way, way, way ahead instead of 50-50. But I don't think, as Garrett, we should be worried about that. I think we should embrace the gamble of the situation and know we're almost always crushing him. Like, yeah. Andy's supposed to have two eights here. That's like the only hand we're even afraid of. Garrett, and how does Andy have two eights? Now, it turns out he can. He how does he have jacks, two eights? Yeah. yeah. Well, Garrett seems to be a guy who likes to embrace the gamble, but not this time. 
Yeah. He decides just to call. It's weird. It is weird. And you I, should. We are in position. And you should just call the Nitrogen Sports Hotline. You feeling a little hungry? Yeah. Call Nitrogen Sports Hotline. I'm right now. Go ahead. Nitrogen Sports Hotline. I picked up already. Oh, hello, sir. Why are you making telephone noises with your mouth? I was just doing it because it's boring. Okay, it's boring life I lead, and I'm hungry. You're hungry. I'm hungry. I make those sounds. You've called the Nitrogen Sports Hotline. Yes. Okay. I have. I I gift you a lack of hunger. What? How do you feel now? Much better. Satiated. Wonderful. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Nitrogen Sports Hotline, where all of your dreams come true. Now, do you guys offer any other cool things? You yes. Know, besides we, just... If you follow those uh, wonderful poker guys... Those, I, of course I do. Those scamps. <laughs> they, uh, they have a monthly tournament on our website, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Yes. Tell me more. Well, it runs every month on the final Sunday of the month, and it is a... What is it? A tenth of a millibit to buy in. That is correct. I should know that uh, as an employee of Nitrogen Sports Hotline. Well, you got it right, sir. Yeah, it's my Probably. first day. Um, and the guarantee is 100 millibits, which is a thousand times the buy-in. Yeah. We never get anywhere near a thousand players, which means there's just free Bitcoin out there for you, sir. Oh, I thought you were going to say free biscuits, which, you know, if I'm hungry, that sounds good, too. But, but Bitcoin's hung- even better. You're not hungry anymore, though. I'm saying if I was. Yeah. It's an if-then. The power of suggestion at Nitrogen Sports Hotline. You're not hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you have to use the link in the description of the Poker Guys podcasts if you wish to sign up for Nitrogen and play those tournaments. What if I'm hungry for sports betting or casino games, though? uh, We can satiate that as well, sir. What? Simply go to Nitrogen Sports and you can find all of those things. What? It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Truly a Shangri-La. For those, but how do I get to do that again? What do I have to do? Use the link in the description of the podcast. Okay. Or I won't answer your calls anymore. Sir, please stop doing that. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, that's enough. You would, uh, you think those were scripted or we had like talked about those beforehand, but let me tell you, <laughs> no. 0% of the time have we ever talked about an ad beforehand? Nope. That wasn't the first time we did the ad and we're like, what do we have to say in this ad? Nope. Um, this stuff is just, this is just what happens. It just you comes know? out of the mouth. This is just like, well, let's do, I don't know. We're doing an ad and now we're doing it this way. Yep. I can't wait to see, well, you know, what kind of video they make for that one. Yeah. If they make one. For <laughs> they might. <laughs> they might. It's so much more fun to do the nitrogen ads than when we have other sponsors who have like, you have to read these exact lines. Yeah. That's right. You know, don't say this. Don't say there are red. Don't say they're doctors <laughs> who, who approve of this. Say, you know, medical professionals, stuff like that. You, yeah. know, you could get sued. So this is way better. Yeah, it is way better. And uh, Andy's hand is way better than Garrett's. Yes, he's got top set against Garrett's uh, top and bottom. He and, needs runner, uh, runner fours to win the hand. He's going to need quads, and that is it. Not a good spot for Garrett. And now he could get bailed out by a scary run out. That could happen. An eight would be a great card for Garrett. But even that, I don't know if he's going to fold on. But at least it would slow him down a lot, right? Or he could come club, club. That'd be great. Yep. There are some bad cards for sure. I mean, straight and straight or flush cards would really slow him down as well for sure. So like the, any, even just one club is going to scare him. Right, of course. So the pot is thirty five hundred, and no such luck for Garrett. I mean, it is a straight card, but it's an unlikely straight card. It's the six of hearts. Yeah. So now jack of clubs, four of clubs, eight of spades, six of hearts means five seven comes in, which could be an Andy's check raising range for sure, especially five seven of clubs. Absolutely. Even five seven and nine of clubs. Yeah. He really, I think it could be in his check raising range. Right. I agree, but I mean, we can't worry too much about that as Garrett. I mean, come on. 
I think we're pretty happy. You know, like mm-hmm. seven nine of clubs is still out there, and nine ten of clubs. And queen. how about just seven nine and queen ten? Yeah, yeah. All I those mean, hands. like he really is just going to check raise some gutters. I gotta believe against yeah. Garrett's range, right? It's going to be very effective. So Andy does something interesting again, and he checks again. So weird. He's Why? Trying, he's trying to rep a draw that like took one shot and gave up. I don't get it. I mean, does he think Garrett's going to fold any of his draws or anything like that? If we, he thinks Garrett's heroing with ace high and is now going to stop heroing. I don't really understand. I don't know either. I don't get this. I don't get this play. I'm not loving how Andy's playing this hand. I like three betting the flop and I like just continuing right here rather than checking. It's possible they have a history and Andy knows that Garrett bets in this spot a lot of the time, like no matter what his holding is. And right. I, like, imagine if Garrett had king, queen of clubs here for a second. Yeah. He's, he's probably going to bet. I think right? he is. I think he's definitely going to bet any of his draws when checked to. Yeah. So that's true. Um, yeah, that's true. So Garrett's range in, includes maybe some ace highs, but not a ton, but it includes like a lot of eights and fours. Uh, he may not bet those hands, but he may decide to bet them as protection. What if Garrett has two tens? He's just going to check it back, isn't he? Just gonna, I mean, this is the same thing as an eight, like you're saying, but he might just check back all his like weak, weak one pair hands here, not get in trouble and be like, I'm bluff catching. I'm bluff catching. I don't want to build up the pot. I'm bluff catching or bet fold them, which is we're going to make more money, I think, by betting ourselves than if he bet folds is my guess. He might bet all his draws and he might call with a lot of them. And we're probably going to be fine if he folds his draws anyway. We're happy with that as well. So yeah, enough. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I don't think he's going to fold any real draw. If he has a big draw, maybe like if he has queen 10, he's going to fold. If he's got like king deuce of clubs, he might fold. Depending on how we size it. Yeah. yeah. But he may think to himself, eh, I'm Garrett. I can, I can win lots of ways. Yeah. I, I can call and win with a club or a king or uh, maybe a bluff on and, the river, you and, know. But as Andy, we're fine with that as well. Right. right. It's not the end of the world. If uh, What we want to do is just give him a slightly worse price than, than, than the pot odds should be giving him, basically. You know, keeping in mind, of course, that implied odds, you know, we just want to give him less than four to one. It's pretty easy to do. Right. You know, bet about half the pot. It's no problem. Bet a little more. That's what you normally do in this bet. Bet 60% of the pot. It's a cash game. It's fine. You know, it's a bit of a disaster for Andy if Garrett checks back. Exactly. Like if Garrett has, let's pretend Garrett has nine, 10. He's probably going to bet again if we check because he just feels he has to. But it's not a good spot, really, to bet again, right? No. Not super great. He may decide to. I get why he would. You, if you have 10 high. Right. Yeah. But the other side of it is, like, we have 10 high, we're telling a story, so maybe we can win on the river, even if the guy, you know. Like, and, like, as Garrett, you don't want to both have the same hand or both. Andy could just have some weird bluff and be giving up. And then if yeah. we check back, we end up losing the pot instead of winning it and all that kind of stuff. That said... I think we should just bet as Andy. Like, let's go. But let's bet 60. How big is the pot? 3,500. Yeah, let's bet like 2,000 and just not worry about it, man. Yeah, I think I would prefer to do that as well. But, nope. Andy checks. Okay. Garrett, what, do, what should Garrett do? Garrett has to bet. Yeah, he has top and bottom pair still. It's not a very scary card. Andy has a lot of draws in his range as played. We have to charge those. We're happy if Andy has a jack that he decided to play this way for some reason, and he can't fold that yet. Absolutely. Like, this is fine. Like, let's go. Like, we have a really underrepped hand as Garrett, too. We call the check raise only on this flop blind versus blind when we almost always have the best hand, right? Yeah. Like, we really could have three bet this. We chose not to. Of course, we're betting. I mean, this is a great spot. Well, you would think. We're, yeah, it's a horrible spot. But it feels like a great spot. It does. You know? It does. Your hunger is satiated. 
Your hunger is satiated, Garrett. Except that it's not. It's an empty promise mm. because you're drawing dead. So Garrett bets twenty seven hundred, which is a big bet. Yeah, he's trying to charge the draws, right? He's really charging them, and Andy does it. He goes for the double check raise, which isn't your limit hold'em player, isn't it? Like a crown jewel of limit hold'em to do the triple check raise. It's called the trifecta. Yeah, people love doing that. It's incredibly hard to pull off. I think I've pulled it off once in my life, maybe. It's like it's sort of like you know seeing a black swan. It's incredibly tough to get someone to keep. I, I remember doing it twice. I remember check raising the flop and check raising the turn on it in a particular spot. But I, but I think I turned the nuts. I, I like had like overcards in a in a open ender, and like it had like king queen on a jack ten export. I still remember this hand. Check raise the flop. Ace comes on the turn. I'm like this is a perfect card because the guy was a, was a pre flop. It was a perfect card to check raise again. I did. He called that I'm like, well, now I have to I have to bet because he's going to check back the river so often. You know, it's really hard to like find a, a yeah. third check. The only reason to do it is so you can tell, say you pulled off the trifecta. Yeah, and I decided I'd rather have the money, so I bet. <laughs> I'd rather have the money. Yeah, it's even less likely to see a triple check raise in no limit hold'em. Yeah, I, don't know I if mean, I've ever seen that in no limit hold'em. I mean, you almost never see a double check raise. I mean, right. really, almost. I mean, you see it a little bit in limit hold'em because it's very. It makes more sense, right? Yeah, but in no limit, it's like what? Yeah. So. so Andy's doing the double, at least. Yeah, which is fair. He's raising to 9K over the 2,700 bet. So What was the turn? Six of hearts. Okay. Five, seven comes Five, in. Five, seven comes in. Nothing else comes in. Okay. He raises to 9K and is just like, wow, I really hope Garrett can call me here. Wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah. Or maybe Garrett just moves in with his draws because he doesn't want to fold. That sounds good, too. I can live with that as yeah. Andy, for it's sure. About, it would be a pot size move in at that point. Yep. So... That yeah, Andy's just loving life right now. This is all working out pretty well so far for Andy. Even though we're not loving his decision making, so far so good because Garrett has it. All right, so should Garrett be worried? Yeah, he should be at least. Yeah, a he should worried. be a little worried. I mean, I mean like, five seven got there, right? Like, five seven got there. Jack six is there. Jack eight's always been there. Pocket eights as a set. Jack six is the least likely. Yep, but um, Jack eight for sure is all over Andy right here. Jack eight makes a lot of sense. Jack eight makes the most sense, right? That is for a hand that's beating us. Yeah, I guess pocket fours, but we have a four, so there's only yeah. one combo of that. Um, and he might, and we might think he's more apt to raise that pre anyway. We might, but Jack eight, like, yep, okay, we block it, but we there's still two jacks, you know, out there. Yeah. There's still what six combos of it, right? Andy can have that. So no, we don't love it anymore. At the same point, we're not so 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 deep that it's crazy. I mean, we could just move in here. We could like but shut out the draws rather than let shut them out the get draws there. and get called by all the better hands, basically. Right now, the and the question is: Is Andy the kind of guy? I think he probably is. That if we call and the draws miss, he's just going to move us in anyway. Yeah, I think because if is. he is, then we should just call, let the draws do what they're going to do, and then see what Andy does. Like if the draws come in and he bets anyway, we're like that sucks. Yeah, we can't beat anything then, right? Except a total bluff, which is very unlikely. It seems doubtful. Uh, but if the, but if he ch- honestly him checking is like we check it back if the draws come in. Yeah, we hope the draws don't come in and he shoves basically, right? And then we can call and beat some of his hands. Perhaps, seems like perhaps. seems like that's a reasonable plan anyway to me. All right, so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I like moving in. I think calling is the right play here. When so based on all those things, and it feels like a bit of a. I mean, it's nice to shut out the draws, but it also just feels like a game theory disaster. Like if Andy has somehow has ace jack here, he's going to fold if we move in. I'm not sure we're Garrett. That's the only thing. Like, yeah. Garrett's crazy. Garrett might play a big draw just like this sometimes. And if that's true, then it's a disaster to fold ace jack. Yeah. But at the same point, Andy did just check race twice. It seems like he's pretty strong or has a really big draw. 
Yeah, we could just we can afford to just call with with our draws. We don't have to move in when it looks like we're getting snapped a lot. Especially if we have a draw, that means Andy's less likely to have one, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it, I mean. Ajax shouldn't play it this way. No, Ajax shouldn't be check raising twice. So that's part of the thing. Like this point, it, it's hard to put Andy on Ace Jack. It's hard to put Andy on a made hand that we're beating. We have Jack four, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, so I don't that's like meaningful. We, now yeah. we went from like there were probably some hands we could beat. Now it's like, does Andy have eight four? And now he's check raising again with like effectively bottom two pair. I guess that would make the most sense as a hand that we were beating. He could, but he might just check call too. Yeah, he not really might get himself because we can have we can have Jack six for sure. Yeah, we can have six eight for sure. We can have five seven. We can we can have things. We can have Jack eight. Yep. Yeah. So we like, can have Jack four. Yeah. So these are not good things for him. Right. Yeah. So this is a pretty scary spot for Garrett, but he is, of course, forced to call at least. Yeah. And he does. He calls. I mean, he has to call. He has to call Let's here. Let's be clear. There's, if he folded this, this would be horrible and a money-losing play. Pot's now $21,500, and Andy's got $21,750 remaining. Oh, this is why I guess he's doing these check raises, so he yeah. can set up a pot size I guess ship so. on the river. And the river is the Ace of Spades. It's a pretty good card for Andy, man. Andy's very happy that it is not a club, and it does not bring any straights in. Yes, both because, for the two reasons, right? One, it means he's still he's always ahead unless Garrett somehow has pocket aces. Um, and or five seven, okay, fine. But Andy it, has the third nuts. It's pretty good. Yeah, we have the third nuts, and Garrett's less likely to be afraid. Like if a club comes in, we don't want to shove because we can be beat. But also, we may shove because we're like, what's well, only a pot size bet left anyway? But it's so hard to get called by worse when a club comes. Yeah, right. But now, well, geez, hello, yep. Dolly. Yep, I think is what people say. Now Andy moves in. Yeah, seems reasonable. Yeah. Garrett is tanking. What do you want to do? Can we just talk about what happens and then talk about it? Okay. It feels important to Garrett do that. Garrett ultimately folds his hand correctly. That feels important to say. Yeah, it's a crazy fold, right? I don't understand what happens here. Well, let's try to figure it out. That's our job. Yeah. No, it might just be a bad fold. Let's just say that to start off. It's possible this, although correct, is a bad fold. Here's my quick guess. Andy's line was actually too strong. And he doesn't take this line very often at all and actually only takes this line with very, very, very strong hands when all is said and done. Yeah. And Garrett knows that. And so even though he's got jacks up here, it's not good enough um, to beat Andy's range anymore. And that ace is not really a bad card, but it does beat him a little bit of the time, maybe, if Andy was losing his freaking mind. If Andy had ace eight of clubs, maybe. Could Andy actually have ace jack and check raise the turn? We were saying he couldn't, but could he ever have that? Maybe. It seems so unlikely. I think it's more likely that we were already being beat yeah. than the ace got us. Right. But this so. means this means Andy like doesn't have two pair that often because Garrett absolutely could have aces up now. Ace Jack is firmly in Garrett's range. That is maybe why Garrett folds. Mm. Because although it's not a club, he thinks that Andy's supposed to be afraid of the ace a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. And maybe if he was bluffing, shut down the bluff on the ace because Garrett was the preflop raiser. Right. Like Garrett himself could have pocket aces here. Or, or the nut flush draw. Or the nut flush draw. Or he could have ace jack or ace eight and not believe. Yeah, and, right? just, and just assume like this guy's... I mean, if, if yeah, this guy's calling me on the river. If he hit the ace, he's just going to call. Because yeah. it's, it's a pot size bet and all the draws. Missed. So it's not really a great card for Andy to bluff due to the preflop action. Mm-hmm. And Garrett is thinking that through. So maybe it's a combination of that and just the line. Like the double check raise is so unusual. Yeah. 
and then the and then he and he does set up a perfect pot sized river ship, which he then follows through on when a bad a sort of bad card for him comes and a good card for us comes. Like Garrett puts it all together and thinks like this is too much. I can't beat anything. I think the card is important. Like I think yeah. if it's a deuce of spades on the river, I think Garrett's gonna have to find a call, right? Like because that shouldn't be a card that Andy's afraid of to continue bluffing right. on. Right. But he may just think like, uh, you're Garrett. I've seen you hero so much. Right. I know if you have something, you're calling here. Yeah, and like I maybe you call with ace ten of clubs here now, and that sucks for me as Andy when right. when I'm bluffing. And maybe yeah. Andy's just seen, yeah, like um like Garrett just like heroes constantly in these spots. It makes sense, right? And he's tried, you know, like taking big lines with draws and like Garrett just always heroes him. So he's like, why would I Yeah do that when the ace comes in and it's clearly better for like Garrett may even have just some sort of weirdo ace high and be like making some weird hero thing and now he hit his ace now he's never folding, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, so it's not a great card to bluff, I guess, and that's that might be why Garrett folds. Maybe he's right. You know, maybe he's right that Andy would shut down bluffs on this hand. Maybe. Maybe. Uh he has to be right, though, because he's pretty high up in his distribution here. I mean, he's pretty darn high up. His, I mean, what hands does he have that are better that play it like this? Pocket Ace aces. Yeah, pocket aces, ace jack. Um, why are you looking? No, no I'm just thinking of other hands. Uh, jack eight, jack six. That he, doesn't, that he decides not to re-raise. I guess sometimes because he didn't re-raise this hand. Pocket eights. Yeah. Pocket fours. Yeah. I guess pocket sixes once in a while. There's not much. Not much. And sometimes he's not going to take those lines with those hands. Right. Even, although that's true for this hand, too. Sometimes he's going to re-raise this hand on the flop, right? Um, that's man. A, that's a decent amount of hands, though. It is. It's more hands than I thought. Versus, uh, but, but we have all... I guess all our draws are easy folds because right, they missed so anyway. So that's not even really part of the distribution. Um, the nut flush draw is the only one. Yeah. Which is a big part of our distribution, though. Like, like we're not folding that on the turn, right? No. We might... And we're not... I guess... Well, we get check raised a second time. We might fold it on the turn. You know what? It's six thousand to win. I mean, what? There's like, uh, there was like thirteen thousand before the call. Okay, so six to win thirteen, and then there's another twenty-one after that. So it's really six to win like thirty-four. Assuming I guess we can we can actually make that call. We we might not be making money on clubs though on the river with enough flush draw. That's okay if it's six to win thirty-four though. Oh it's right, not, no, it's, it's not, not though. It's six to win thirteen. Yeah. Right, that is your part. Of course, we're not going to make we're not going to make all of it on the river. No, seems impossible. So that's not great. Oh, all those, yeah, not always. Sometimes we are, but obviously, most of the time we're not. Yeah, um, yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. So maybe we fold clubs on the turn sometimes. A lot of the time, even not the combo draws. We probably just get in the combo draws rather yeah. than having to deal with it, though. Right, mostly. So we actually might be kind of low on our distribution if we don't have the nut flush draw. Like, the hands that are worse than what we have are kings and queens, and maybe a couple of pocket tens. I mean, the nut flush draw is worse, too. Anyway, but if we don't know. have that. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Got it, got it. There's, there's, there's a smaller pool of yeah. things, and we're further down it. Right. Kings and queens. Yeah. Okay, that's a great point. We might actually be in the bottom half of our distribution here. Well, we have to be in the bottom third uh, to fold if we're just doing game theory stuff. Because we're getting because it's a pot size bet, but not if we've never seen Andy do this as a bluff. Before. Exactly, exactly. As soon as we think like there's other factors, that's fine. But yeah. like as a starting point, we have to be in the bottom third to fold, right? We might be in the bottom third. We might be anyway. Because uh, I don't know what are the worst hands: kings, queens. I don't think we have tens. I think we give up with tens by by now, right? Um, any jack we might be holding on with though. Yeah, that's true. 
So King Jack Queen Jack Jack Ten. Jack nine. Jack nine, I guess, yeah. Maybe Jack Seven. Maybe. Jack Seven's a question. No, Jack Seven picks up a gutter on the turn. It's definitely not folding. Yeah. It's probably not folding. Jack Ten, we may not Jack Seven though, we may not be betting the turn. We might not be betting the turn with any of those. I don't know. It's a pretty wet board. We're probably betting when he checks to us. I don't think Garrett would in practice. Why? I just feel he's it. betting so often with nothing here. Like top pair is like so good. I don't know. You get check raise and then bet the turn with a top pair no kicker hand. It's pretty weird. We almost never who to check raises twice bet, in a row. He also bet twenty seven hundred to thirty five hundred. Yeah, he's trying to charge the dross. It just seems. I, I don't. Mean, know if, would you do it with Ace Jack if you were, if you were Garrett? I don't know. Probably I would probably bet. I think. So. I mean, Ace Jack and Jack Four. While different are wildly but different. But Ace-Jack is better than Jack-4 on the river. On the river, but we're talking about on the turn, whether yeah. you bet or not. That's, what we're, that's right, the but, current conversation. But the question is like Jack-7, Jack-10. Jack I'm just Well, I'm starting with Ace-Jack, yeah. though, because like, you're saying you don't know. I'm asking about Ace-Jack. I would probably bet Ace-Jack on the turn. Okay. Ace-Jack and Jack-7 are wildly the, different. The check-raise check weirds me out. You know, like it might, it might induce a check out of me with just top pair. I know. I, I understand that. Um, I feel like, though, like... The more you play and see guys who check raise a lot on the flop, because there are a lot of dudes who check raise a lot on the flop. Yeah. Like, you learn to be a little more impervious to that. And at least I did. And, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, you check to me. I have a pretty good, of course I'm betting again. Like, I'm not letting you just get, like, a free turn card or free river card because you check raise the flop, you know? So you gave yourself fold equity and you get a free river card. Fuck you. Like, no way. Yeah. So I would guess against trickier, crazier players, like, Garrett's more apt to bet, not less apt to bet. And so if Andy's like crazy, which I think we think he is, we're probably supposed to bet like all our good hands here. And a good hand would be top pair. Well, if Garrett has all the top pairs, then he's definitely supposed to call by distribution. Just by distribution, right. But I, I don't know I'm, if he's actually doing that, of course. I'm but. not sure if he's doing that. Yeah. Also, distribution is not really part of Garrett's jam, I think. Um, at least not. Certainly not in this hand, it isn't, yeah. right? Because we've got this super weird line. And like we've talked about, that ace maybe makes it harder for us to call because why is Andy still shoving? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's actually reasonable to fold. It's not a bad fold. It's more reasonable than I thought. I assumed he was just going to call, and I was like, well, why did we get this hand? It was a cooler. And instead he folded pretty quickly-ish. Yeah. And talked to himself a little bit and folded. Yeah. I was like, what? He really did? I think it might be, I don't know if it's good, but it's an okay fold. I mean, part of it has got to be, you have to think as Garrett, when have I seen Andy do this before? Right. How often have I seen him do a double check raise, and what, is it, what did it mean? Does he have bluffs here? Yeah. If he and doesn't have bluffs here, then i got to give up. And if, you think you, and if you've never seen him do a double check raise, then that can be considered a notably bad event, and until further notice, I think we can fold this hand. If you've never seen it, huh? Yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think if we've never seen it, we should just go back to distribution and not try and, like, Decide it means one thing or another. I mean, he's doing some weird stuff with us. Like, I don't know. I tend to give people credit for having a hand when they take aggressive lines that I haven't seen before. Hmm. That's fair. This is this is a pretty unusual line, as yeah. we said. So, I don't know. I don't know how often Garrett's seen it or not. I guess if Andy was doing it a lot, then Garrett would definitely call the river, right? Yeah. So he just must never be doing it, and Garrett's like. This is just value. So, like, I'm just beat. This yeah. is a heck of a fold. Having said all this, this is a heck of a fold. Saved himself 21K. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's really impressive. 
Yeah. Now, we've seen Garrett burn up a lot more than that and other some other like way worse calls. <laughs> the but pocket eights you're just That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, because yeah, he usually like, he's burning up his money by bluffing, yeah. not by calling. He called like, what, 80000 100000 something like that on the river, 60000 on the river. Some huge amount. When yeah. Ryan Fee shoved an overpair and he called with like two overcards to his pocket eights. Yeah. Ryan Fee only showed strength the entire hand. Yeah. Um, and it's like, really? Uh, so... Yeah, this, though, this shows me that Garrett's got a lot of extra gears to him, which mm-hmm. it's nice to see. We almost never see Garrett make a fault. We see, other, we see him put other people in tough spots. He's always the aggressor. Yeah, so him not being the aggressor is really something. Here's my question, like a more bigger step back, 20,000-foot question. If Andy takes a different line, does he, get a, does he get to have all the money? If he just bets the turn? Yeah. I don't think he does because I don't think Garrett's ever raising once the check raise happens. So Garrett's just going to go call, call. I think maybe if Andy raises preflop, maybe then he gets all the money because then maybe Garrett raises the flop when Andy C-bets, if mm. Andy C-bets the and flop. And they just go crazy on the flop, potentially. Yeah. Um, I would say by the river, Garrett's only going to call. When the ace comes and Andy yeah. bets again, and he's like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. You're betting big again on the river now that I, the ace probably hit, the ace hits me a whole lot more than it hits you kind of a thing? This is crazy, I call. Um, Garrett could decide, though, to raise the turn. If Andy just bets the turn himself, wouldn't he be could. crazy at all to raise the turn. He could decide. And then if Andy jams it, Garrett's probably going to feel obligated to call. Yeah. Right? Because all the, all the draws. So yeah. I think that's, that's, I think if Andy bets the turn, there's a chance. There's a chance Garrett raises and we get it all in. But I would have thought there's a, there's a pretty good chance Garrett calls the river anyway when a, right. when a non-draw yeah, card Andy, comes Yeah, Andy in. took a pretty good shot at getting all of it. Yeah. Just didn't this time. Just didn't. I will say, coming back to sort of supporting your thought about uh, when people take different kinds of aggressive lines that, uh, that you give them more credit, that that does make sense to me, too. Like, just mm. from the point of view of uh, people aren't often going to take really weird lines without having it at least a few times first. Because yeah. it just doesn't occur to them to do that, and they don't want to do something that seems to stand out and be weird. Right. I mean, I've done it. Don't get me wrong. I've certainly done it where I'm like, this is weird, and I certainly don't have it. But, like... Mostly, that's not what we do, right? Mostly, mm-hmm. as humans, we, we stay in more safe places. And if we, don't, if we have it, then it's all safe, and it doesn't matter what we do. We, we feel much freer to be creative and weird, I would say. Yeah, just like a hippie colony. Just like one. Yeah. Free. Yeah, you, get your, you can have um, Janelle over there paint your aura, if you want. Uh, free patchouli oil at the, at the... I mean, everything's free. Gift shop. I mean, so there's... I mean, free except for the... the Currency you have to exchange for it. Yeah. But, you know, it's in theory, it's free because of the nature of what we're doing here. Yeah. And, and the, the currency you got for the labor that you did, it was in exchange for the labor. But yeah. That's, that's labor you chose to do. Right. So it's free. <laughs> anyway, we're done. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.